0: You are listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode 85. Hi everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. And today we are going to be talking about Marvel's Luke Cage.
1: Yes, the new Netflix series. Well, it's kind of new. It's been out for what, two or three weeks?
0: Uh, just over two.
1: Yeah, the release date looks like it was September 30th. So this is a really cool series it's a little bit different than the other Marvel ones that we've seen Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Well,
0: so this this is still because it's one of the Marvel Netflix series. This is obviously building towards uh, the eventual Defender series. This is Marvel's another one of Marvel's street level heroes. So obviously we had Daredevil first. We've had Jessica Jones, now we have Luke Cage. And while we we're at New York Comic Con, we got a trailer for and a, and a release date for The Immortal Iron Fist which will be, I think it's not March. I can't remember the date off the top of my head. And then eventually all four of these are going to combine for a Defenders series.
1: Which makes sense. This is really fun. I mean, I think that all of these are really great for TV series, as opposed to sort of the epics that are the Marvel superhero movies. The Avengers, um, not Marvel, I realize, but X, um, or not being made by Marvel Studios, but the X-Men, et cetera. Having them at street level, you've got Rosario Dawson as Claire that kind of ties them all together. Although they, she's not the only person that makes appearances in different ones. Uh,
0: no, there's there are certainly Easter eggs all over the place between them. It's it's probably been most prevalent in Daredevil, but even in this one, there were little little bits that tie things.
1: Mm-hmm, yep. Um. In Daredevil, they bumped into um, Jer- Jerry. What's her last name? She was a guy in the comics, and she's a the attorney that is uh, Jessica's mentor, uh, Jerry something. She's played by the girl that um, she's played by Trinity from. You're talking uh,
0: Carrie Ann Moss.
1: Carrie Ann Moss, yes, stunningly beautiful woman. Oh my God. Um, well, the, I'm I gonna mean, have to I look mean, it up.
0: I mean, more than just the characters that crossover, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that a lot of things that tie tie them together. I mean completely off the subject of of Luke Cage for a second. My favorite one is the symbol on Madame Gao's drug packets. Mhm. is uh the main villain the main neme- the main I guess the nemesis in Immortal Iron Fist. Like that's the that's his emblem.
1: Oh nice. I never even noticed that. That's pretty awesome.
0: Well, you you're not a, you haven't read a lot of Iron Fist, so
1: It's true. You wouldn't that actor has the curliest hair ever. I saw that trailer and I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of Justin Timberlake back in the um, sync days.
0: So, at any rate, so, you know, as much as we're looking forward to Iron Face and the Defenders and more Daredevil and Jessica Jones, we are here to talk about Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think?
1: So, Luke Cage in this show is a little bit of a different Luke Cage than he was in Jessica Jones. And I get that. So, this chronologically takes place just a little bit after the events of the Jessica Jones series so he has um, sort of had his rebound girl with Jessica after of course Reva his wife is killed um, by Jessica Jones and now he's back in his native Harlem and he's attempting to heal emotionally of course not physically because he doesn't really get injured it's actually
0: not his native Harlem but
1: Oh, right. No, he's, I guess he's it's from, not. He's, like, he's actually from Georgia. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, so he's there, and he's trying to heal emotionally. He's, um, And then all of a sudden, there's this other bad guy who is, I can never pronounce his first name, uh, but his last name is Ali, like Muhammad Ali, but it's not. And um, I love who? him from House of Hang Cards. It.
0: Who are you talking it's, about?
1: Uh, Mahershala Ali. You're, the talking about the ac-
0: You're talking about the actor, not the character.
1: Sorry, yes. The actor that's um, playing the ca- playing Cottonmouth. Mahershala. Uh, the bad guy. Mahershala, yes. Um, and I know him as the guy who played Remy Danton from another Netflix series. So, uh, House of Cards. So, I really love the acting in this show. I think that overall, the acting was fantastic. The casting was spot on. The only thing that i didn't and and oh and the i really enjoyed the soundtrack the only thing i didn't love was i think the writing was a little shaky some of the dialogue was a little stilted and i think it was hard even for these really fantastic actors to pull off but overall a solid entry into the marvel universe and very different from what we've seen i mean i what i really like about all three of these series is they're all very different from each other and this luke cage is a whole different entry into the the marvel cinematic universe
0: yeah i would agree with you for the most part i think the most of the acting was was decent the character i really didn't like though was diamondback and i felt that di- the writing on that character especially was was bad you know it it's a very one one note character the writing like the dialogue for diamondback is terrible Mm-hmm. and just in general, the the character does, I think, very little for the actual story.
1: That's true, and they had they had sort of built that character up so much with Shades and with Cottonmouth talking about it back and forth as, ooh, Diamondback, ooh, Diamondback, that I think it didn't quite pay off quite as well as it could have, but um, you're the comics guy, so I, I kind of look to you for more of an understanding of that character.
0: I well, I'm I'm not particularly familiar with with Luke Cage outside of his appearances in the Avengers so like solo books I'm really unfamiliar with so mm-hmm. Diamondback is not a character I know well I just was unimpressed with with I mean the character was very bizarre like it felt very forced and it's kind of wholly unnecessary I I liked I really liked Cottonmouth mhm um and obviously the character you know Meets and meets his end.
1: I know. Part what? way through, I was a little shocked at that turn. I was. I was um, a little
0: surprised. Uh, I, I think, mean, he I think he definitely one...
1: showed a lot of hubris, but I didn't think that anyone was going to take him out so quickly. Much less who did.
0: Right. I think the honestly, I think the most interesting character to come out of the show is Shades.
1: He was really interesting and the guy played him pretty well too um, but I liked um, and I'm going to forget uh, Knight the the Mr. detective Knight. Yep. I liked her a lot so um, and Simone Missick the actress is was just fantastic I think, she did, um, and,
0: I think she did a good job I think the character got a little redundant after a while it just kept being the same thing over and over again
1: well the first episode that she was in I thought oh I'm not going to like this character at all and then I really liked her by the end, and I think I might have given her a little bit of a pass because I already liked her.
0: I see, I mean, like I liked the character. I just think like it got repetitive after a while where she just kept doing the same thing, the same kind of shtick over and over again. And in in certain scenes that she was in, it wasn't a full-on like CSI feel, but it had a little bit of that like I'm going to stare at the facts and they're going to talk to me kind of feel. And that just, I was like, I don't need that.
1: That's true. Yeah. And at first they didn't up as much.
0: Give it to me once to, to set the character and then just, I will accept from there on that, that it's a thing.
1: Right. It doesn't have to be repeated over and over. That's true.
0: And it and actually like the amount of times it happened increased as things went on. And that got a little like, okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say that, um, I noticed, of course, I noticed right away that the, this sort of interesting presence of Biggie Smalls with the picture of him wearing the king crown from the cover of, um, I'm going to forget which album, but anyway, so the big painting that Cottonmouth has on his wall. And... It turns out that um, the guy that created the series, uh, Coker, was friends with Biggie Smalls. And that's why he has so... Um, Chio Coker is the name of the the writer. And it turns out that um, their friendship is why he has that kind of prominent role in there, which I thought was really cool. Kind of a side note.
0: Well, I think... You know, I mean, like one of the, I'm not like super, super familiar with Harlem. But, you know, I spent four and a half years living in, in the Bronx... Mm-hmm. passed through Harlem I went through Harlem a lot. I at least have a a baseline feel for Harlem. And at least as far as I could tell, maybe I'm wrong. I think they got a I think they captured a good sense of of the neighborhoods. You know, I mean, again, I'm I, this is me talking as a white white middle-class guy. So I could be completely completely wrong. Yeah. But at least from my perspective, they they seem to have have done it well.
1: Yeah, and they did a, a pretty decent job of pointing out um, some s- differences between like Harlem and Hell's Kitchen. Even in this, they reference Hell's Kitchen. Um, what is it? Is it um, not fish? It was Turk comes in and he goes, "I'm going, I'm going back to Hell's Kitchen where it's safe," <laughs> and he leaves, um, it, which I it, thought I thought was amusing.
0: It's actually really fun. I was reading something about this the other day by the time because daredevil originally was just in new york and it wasn't until frank miller in I th- 80s i think was the one who set daredevil in hell's kitchen and that by that point hell's kitchen was already starting to make a comeback
1: oh yeah frank miller um is frank miller from the new york area or did he just really like the nickname Hell's Kitchen and decided to set it in that neighborhood?
0: I mean, I don't think he's—I don't think he's originally from. He's you not—he's know, not, he's not from New York. He's from uh, uh, only Maryland, actually. Oh. But I think he's familiar with the sit. I mean, familiar with New York, and Hell's okay. Kitchen is a, is a is a well-known neighborhood in New York, and at mm-hmm. times has been a very
1: well-known, very bad neighborhood. Yeah, um, and let's be honest—it's got an iconic name. But yeah, with with a name like Hell's Kitchen, it catches the imagination. Even if you've never been to New York, you can say the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. That's a pretty cool name. Um, so I, I mean, it makes sense for him to set him there. But um, I also think that that sets the stage for all these other cool, smaller heroes that happen later, like you, even Jessica Jones, who's fairly recent.
0: The other thing I did appreciate about about Luke Cage is you got a mix of care a mix of the population you had you know your your normal your working class kind of people Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you also had the the harlem aristocracy which which is a which is a thing Mm -hmm. and the fact that that cottonmouth wanted to make harlem's paradise into the new cotton club
1: yeah and you have and and, and,
0: i mean actually says exactly that
1: yeah 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 and he, he um his cousin um Her last name's Dillard. I don't remember her first name, Uh, but his cousin is Mariah. There you go. Is living in this big, beautiful, restored brownstone and talking about how she wants to make um, all of them look like that and that kind of thing. Um, And then you have kind of layered over it, you have Trish from Jessica Jones, who's with her radio program, you know, kind of overlaying and having callers talk about what they think about Luke Cage and that kind of thing. So that's all referenced as well.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not that long ago that, you know, 125th Street was still a really bad neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's, it's really not anymore. You know, it's gotten it's gotten much, much nicer. So, I mean, those those kinds of brownstones truly exist. You know, it's not like a this is not just like a made up mm-hmm. thing for the for the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So overall, I mean, overall, what do you think of the plot, though?
1: The overall plot was actually surprisingly nice. So Wilson, I mean, in the first, well, even even really with, um, I'm gonna blank on his name, Jessica Jones's adversary. Um, it's called the Purple Man. The Purple Man, yeah, the the Time Lord. Um,
0: no, I mean that. I'm trying to blank out the character's name, the actual character's name, but he's called the Purple Man.
1: <clears throat> uh, Kilgrave is how go. they reference him all the time. So even with him, although it's hard for me to get past uh, the actor in that particular case, but these villains have really almost stolen the show. It's almost like a second an- a second hero, but an anti-hero, you know? Um, and I find that Wilson Fisk, and then, of course, for a portion of, or for most of Daredevil season two, the Punisher was sort of the antagonist as well and then now we've got uh, Cottonmouth although he's unfortunately met an untimely end and then Kilgrave these are brilliantly portrayed antagonists and i really i like that they're fun they're nuanced they're you you kind of understand even with the my in fact my favorite subplot was Pops and Cottonmouth growing up on the streets together you know becoming men together what that meant and how Luke Cage, seeing Pops as an older man, had a different impression of him. Whereas Cottonmouth, for all that we don't agree with how he sees Pops even now, um, for all that we don't agree with the way that he makes his living, it's still a legitimate point of view. When well, those Cop- two guys got their also, li-
0: also respects Pops.
1: Yes, he does. He does. Like. But his memories of him are of, you know, him hitting some guy in the face, and that's how he got his nickname, as opposed to um, Luke Cage saying, talking about the swear jar, you know, like, those are two completely different frames of reference for that man. And, um, and both are equally legitimate. And I just, I really like that we're learning, we got some of the nuance in the background of, of both Luke Cage, because we learned about his backstory as well, little by little. Um, but also Cottonmouth's backstory. And, you know, it. while I don't recommend that you create a single bunker, a single, I don't know, a, a single bunker of, of cash and guns for, as your sort of Fort Knox, if you will, at the same time, one kind of understands why he decided to do it that way, why he decided to stick with a life of crime. And it certainly seemed to pay. I mean, that was a beautiful club.
0: yeah. I'm I'm not as as on board with you in terms of a lot of the backstory. Like some of it was, you know, interesting. Inevitably, we get basically this, and they've done this fairly repeatedly, where you get the single episode that that basically has a bunch of flashbacks that show you character mm-hmm. backgrounds, and like I guess that's an okay way of doing it. You know, now that we're on basically the fourth season of a Marvel show. I kind of want them to try and give me something to give me something a little more a little different uh well i the other thing the other thing is and again this goes back to to diamondback i just some of some of the connect you know the fact that diamondback is basically driving everything that happened in luke's life that, that's a little too that felt that felt too forced
1: Okay. And 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 that's fair. I guess my thought was more along the lines of like Mama Mabel. I I don't think that I know of any character that's strongly driven by a essentially a mafia matriarch. Um I, I that seemed very fresh and new to me. Maybe I'm missing some other stories in which that's sort of been a factor, but it was more the details of those stories that I thought was really cool. I
0: mean, I think to some extent this is also another one of those times where I think the stories tie a little too neatly together.
1: Yeah, that's true. Wasn't Di- Diamondback was his half brother, right?
0: Diamondback was his half brother. Shades used to beat the crap out of it, crap out of him in prison. Like mm-hmm. this, the, everything knits together a little too too tightly.
1: That's true. Yeah. The, the, actually, the one the one that you hit that hit close to home was as soon as I saw the flashback of Shades like beating him up, and I was like, oh, really? That was the one where it was just a hair too far um but yeah but i did as going back to what you were saying earlier i still think of shades as a very intriguing character
0: no i think he, he's one of the the best characters actually to come out of the show and just in terms of yes he's he's very much a bad character but he's also what he's doing what he thinks is right he's doing what he thinks he he should do Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and again i have a hard time even saying that he's living by a code but he helps people that he feels he should help, mm-hmm. like like Mariah, yeah, and protects those people that he that he decides to help right he yeah. you know not not only does he help Mariah, but he also like he, he provides her aid, and he also provides her protection,
1: mhm, yep,
0: and I think the i mean the, the character is just very well played,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's that's absolutely true.
0: So, I I was actually not a huge huge fan of the ending of this the the this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In that, I mean, for one, the whole Diamondback fight was a little like, oh, okay, that's whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. I. Yeah.
0: But m- more to the point, I think n- knowing how well these shows have done so far. They really left it open for the next season, whereas Uh the other shows really wrapped things up a lot neater.
1: Oh, yeah, especially, yeah, Jessica Jones' Kilgrave is dead. I mean, it's done. Wilson Fisk doesn't really show back up until way into the second season of of Daredevil.
0: Right, but had had we never gotten a second season of Daredevil? Like, they, they give themselves enough room to make a second season, but had there never been a second season it would have stood on its own much, str- much stronger than I think if we don't ever if, we weren't, if we're if never to get a second Luke Cage season this doesn't stand on its own quite as well
1: and the, I was kind of afraid of that going in I thought huh I wonder what the cliffhanger will be like and you're absolutely right well not cliffhanger exactly but open endedness um, and you're absolutely right about that
0: yeah I mean basically you know Luke has, has, has survived Diamondback he, all the charges that end up being dropped against him for everything he's done. And then the U S Marshals show up and they're going to take him back to Georgia. Yeah. So he's going to go back to Seagate prison. It's just like, I, like I, I get that. Like that, that's something that, they, that that they're, they're going to want to address, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's just like, you know, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, this is where we're going to start off season two. Back in the prison.
1: Yeah, we're going to go through the same yeah, the same general setup that we've seen. We even saw a little bit of that with with Punisher. Sort of the the prison setup and the, and the sort of the general proving yourself and or making friends and all that, which we saw a lot of that in the flashbacks originally with Luke Cage. So that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I wonder if any of his old buddies are still there. I guess the assumption is that they are.
0: I mean, we'll I'm sure we'll find out.
1: Yep. Um, so what did you think about the additional sort of fleshing out of the character of Claire, the nurse? We have now met her mommy. Um, We know that her mummy has this uh, catering service and restaurant. What did you think about all of that development? Um,
0: I, I think it's one of those, because of who they have playing the character, you know, she got a lot more screen, you know, Rosario doesn't got a lot more screen time in daredevil because it's rosario dawson mm-hmm. and people have latched onto the character and so they're just kind of pulling the character through and this i think was better than daredevil season two it still yeah. doesn't strike me as super organic though
1: oh no it's this, it's this, very
0: this is a, this is another one of those times where it's like the universe is just a little too neatly knit together
1: her mom happens to be running a restaurant in Harlem even though she's down in Hell's Kitchen. But at the same time didn't they say that that was initially she was initially intended to be sort of the glue between all of these defenders individual series? She was the kind of the running thread that was supposed to tie them all together. I don't
0: know if that was intentional when they started. It's become intentional now. Gotcha. I I, I would have to look into that. I don't remember that being that being Expressly said, but it could have been for for Daredevil season one. I mean, I will say, I don't know that there needs to be a threat like a glue that holds them all together. You know, like I hate, mm-hmm. I hate to say, it, like it's they're superheroes in in New York City, right? Yeah, like that 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 in and of itself is kind of the connecting factor.
1: Yeah. And it does help that they're able, be, since the, it's the same producer. Marvel's doing all of these. It does help that they are able to get Trish Walker's sort of voiceover radio show on one because she was in a previous one. It's okay for an attorney that was in one. It, it's almost expected that the attorney from Jessica Jones would show up at, in Daredevil simply because you know the there's sort of a weird, small, well, it, city feeling among attorneys.
0: Well, it's not. I mean, not just that, I mean, they're li- they are living in a shared universe, so uh-huh. th- those kinds of connections are all right. But but then you have one character who is, you know, basically, friends with all of them. It almost feels like they're they're trying to do this, trying to do the same thing they did in with the Avengers, with Coulson. Yeah. Ex- except it made sense with Colson because Colson was from an agency trying to control so Colson got sent to them. Colson didn't just happen upon them.
1: Right. And Colson actually sort of disappeared after um he got his own show.
0: <laughs> well, before so that, I wonder... before that, but yes.
1: Yeah. So I wonder if Claire gets her own show. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be very weird. Never mind. Don't do that. S-
0: speaking of, speaking of weird shared universes, something something Becky pointed out to me that I didn't catch immediately is that alfre woodard who plays mariah mm-hmm. was also the upset mother in captain america civil war <gasps> and and it it messed with i i didn't catch it until she pointed it out but like it it messed with becky for about an episode trying to figure out if that was supposed to be the same character or not
1: it's not right it's not okay i didn't think so because i'm like Although although
0: both characters have have names that begin with M, which is even which makes it even worse.
1: Oh my gosh, that that would have been really like a really funny Easter egg if they had just kept that. But, eh.
0: Yeah, she plays Miriam in Captain America: Civil War, who confronts Iron Man in front of the elevator.
1: Yeah, and actually, in the comics, Miriam plays a much larger role than she did. Isn't she the one that ends up? um sort of uniting them once civil war two breaks out and they split the country in half. You're thinking I think that's, no, no, stop
0: I, stop you're thinking of secret war, civil war. Don't even don't even attempt to mix those up. Oh. All complete. think that's alternate universe.
1: Oh right. That is not six one six canon. Good point. Good point.
0: Although if we're being honest, apparently six one six canon doesn't exist anymore, so
1: Oh my gosh. I'm not even gonna no my thank, it makes my th- brain hurt.
0: Thank you, Jonathan Hickman.
1: Oh my God.
0: Completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. I love the fact that, like, for the longest time, I thought, you know, Jonathan Hickman pitched Avengers and New Avengers. It turns out, no, Jonathan Hickman pitched S- Secret Wars, and Avengers and New Avengers was the vessel by which he achieved Secret Wars.
1: Are and, you serious?
0: And the man says he doesn't play the long game well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Blows my mind.
1: Oh, my God. Ah, uh, anyways. So, um, who was your favorite side character, not counting Claire? Shades. Oh, wait. I was sorry. Okay. Let's throw out Shades, too.
0: D- damn you. Oh. Uh, on
1: the good side. Good guy. Good guy side character. Not Luke Cage, obviously. I actually
0: kind of appreciated Bobby Fischer.
1: <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. Yes. I liked him a lot, too. He was just at first. I was not sure of his allegiance, to be honest, because he just sort of was there playing chess on the side. Well, he's and I, then he just turned into a great guy. Well,
0: he he still has questionable motives. You know, he calls up Turk and offers, hey, I got the thir-, you know, thirty pairs of Air Jordans that you know fell off a truck. <laughs> you know, I mean, like obviously it, it, it's a it's a bullshit thing to to try and get try and get a hold of Turk. But I love the fact that. Like, he knows the exact button to push to get Turk to show up.
1: Yes, which was very amusing. I also was not... um, I actually liked that Scarf was slightly... Slightly more than one-dimensional. I originally just thought he was going to be the crooked cop. And there was a little bit more nuance to his character as well. There was. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. Given the fact that Luke Cage cannot bullets can't pierce his skin, there was a lot of blood in this this show.
0: I mean other people.
1: Right. Pretty much everyone. Here's the thing. If a Marvel superhero shows up near me, remind me to run and not be friends with them because that looks like a painful existence <laughs> for everyone. Everyone.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah.
1: I still, I still think this is an argument I've made over the the last couple of Daredevils. I still think that thirteen episodes is slightly too much. If you're gonna do it, ten or even eleven is probably closer. There's still just a hair too much filler in this show.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I can get on board
1: with that. Um, I did not. Um, I actually really liked the. It, T- Tit What's her name? Uh, the reporter that really got Mariah. Which was actually a fun twist. I was expecting... She kept saying that she didn't want a puff piece. And I figured she was really going to go for the... You know, so are you dating anyone? And then all of a sudden she just t- turns around and gets in her face and is like... Guess what? Um, I actually don't like you. And you seem like a two-faced person. So who is the real you?
0: You know know what I have to give them credit for is they did a good job of implied politics in terms of there are very much political topics, like current um, actual non-comic book American political discussions and fights going on that made their way into into this book or I'm sorry, into this movie, Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel like someone was cramming it down my throat. Yes. You know.
1: They never reference political party.
0: Well, it's not Ever. even it's not even just party. They're they're not they're not blatant about it. Right? They certainly they certainly make make a, a point of uh, make arguments for like Black Lives Matter. Mhm. But they never say Black Lives Matter.
1: Mhm.
0: You know, at the, uh, towards the end people are wearing hoodies with hole with bullet holes in them. Right, that's that's an obvious allusion to Trayvon Martin. Yes, but it, it, they're not beating me upside the head with it.
1: Yeah,
0: and and it I can, I can, I can, you I can, can appreciate an intelligent viewer, yeah. right, and I can appreciate them doing that. And again, it I think it helps set. I mean, it's still a comic book universe, but it still helps ground it in reality.
1: Yeah,
0: and I think to be perfectly honest, I think they made they made the point in in a much better fashion than someone screaming it in my face.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It is a really interesting shift to see an entire cast or almost an entire cast of black characters who are living their lives. They're in their own culture and they're fighting their own fights. For instance, for me, a big moment was when, uh, Knight, Chris, Missy Knight, Misty, and Misty. I'm sorry, Misty Knight, and her coworker. I did not catch her name, but the other black woman that also works in the precinct.
0: You're talking uh, about the, her, her.
1: Her superior, Priscilla. Think, Priscilla, where they reference being on the wrong side of the glass when the older white guys are making a decision about how to address um, Scarf's death. And and what to talk, how, how to reference police corruption and that kind of thing, given that Fisk and Cottonmouth have both kind of been caught up in these scandals <clears throat> that have implicated the police station and or the police department as a whole. And it just, it was so poignant in the moment, these two women, these two black women who have faced all of this and they're just, they're not resigned at all. But they understand exactly what they're up against. And again, like you said, it's just, it's true to life. It's subtle. You know, at this point, you know what you're up against. So you're just going to go ahead and you're either going to fight it or you're not. And they decided to fight it. Uh, well, and I thought that was really well well set up, which is, again, goes to my point where I think the actors are great. I don't think the dialogue was so good.
0: Well, it's also, uh, you have a primarily black cast with a few Hispanics mixed in. Mm hmm. And, but you have. You know, black characters—black characters are the heroes. Black characters are the villains, and they're all the shades of gray in between two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, they're the people who are—they're kind of good, they're kind of bad. And and I mean, we talk—you t- you talk about diversity in comics and diversity and things like that. Like this is the kind. This is what I want to see. I don't. Yeah. I don't care about the color of your skin so much as I want the good, the good stories, the good characters. Mm-hmm. Right. You you can write a character of any nationality of any sexual orientation, anything like that. And you can write them well.
1: And you can write them true to life. You don't have to have a, an artificially mixed group of friends hanging out. You don't, you know, the token Asian person, the token Hispanic person, the token black person, the token white person. And Hey, this is the perfect mix. Oh, and guess what? We've also got this lesbian that kind of hangs out with them. Sometimes it just, that feels forced. This felt real which I liked. Yeah. Also the, um, trope of the barbershop is just a very cool one. And I hope it sticks around for a long time <laughs> since it's grounded in actual cultural reality.
0: I actually kind of expect that the next season of, of, uh, Luke cage, we will get heroes for hire and it will be based out of where the barbershop is.
1: That actually makes a lot of sense
0: because Luke cage and misty Knight are both here are both part of heroes for hire.
1: That would be a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. I hope that I hope you're absolutely right. That makes a lot of sense. We'll, we'll see.
0: I could be I could be completely off on that, but I'm just I'm looking to see who the who the other. Oh yeah. The other characters are, I guess the core the core team was actually Iron Fist and Luke Cage, and then some other like, random characters Black Knight, who actually was an Avenger for a while, and, White Tiger, Hercules, yeah. She Hulk, and actually Scott Lang Ant Man.
1: Huh. So, She-Hulk, okay. I didn't well, realize that.
0: Also, Scott Lang Ant-Man.
1: Yes, which is the one that's in the current Ant-Man, right? Not the Michael Douglas, Hank Pym. Right. Michael is Douglas is Hank P- Pym. And, yeah, okay.
0: So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of places that can go with a lot of potential.
1: Do you think they're ever going to pull some of these characters in for cameos in full Marvel movies?
0: Possibly in Avengers 3 or 4, depending on what they do.
1: Okay. And what about the other? Probably not the reverse I would imagine I feel like that's less likely,
0: probably less likely though i I can't guarantee it less likely
1: yeah I mean, even the Stan Lee's uh cameos were le- lacklu- a little lackluster. they were just a photograph, basically, yeah. which I didn't even catch. I had to look uh, it no, up I, I had caught to that one. look it up and find out. I was like, I know that they've done it. I just can't figure out where
0: it's with the the see something report it
1: mm-hmm. poster. Yes. yeah,
0: no, no, I caught that. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see what happens.
1: I but mean, I, all in all, I will say fifteen years ago this would never have been possible. Like there would never have been a show about a Marvel character. And I'm super I I'm super happy that game culture I, is becoming I, so much I think
0: a show like this would have a hard time on broadcast on you know, fifteen years ago on broadcast television. I mean you look at something like Supergirl that was on CBS and now it's back on CW which I yeah, think I, I think I think it's going to do great on C- on CW. But I don't think a show like I'm like, a, a, a general superhero show I don't think it's going to do well on on CBS. Yeah, I think true. I think Marvel having Agents of Shield on ABC is is tough. I mean yeah. and, and the only let's be honest the only reason it's on ABC is because Disney owns ABC.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had actually wondered that, and then I made that connection myself. Um, oh, no, I knew that right away. Well, and the C- CW Cor- has
0: corporate overlord owns a lot of things.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, 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 it does.
0: Mm, corporate, ah. corporate overlord.
1: Um, CW does well. Supernatural's been on CW for a long time, but then CBS also had um, quite a few different geeky shows. Uh, Grimm was is a CBS show.
0: I'm not talking. Uh, I'm not talking about like. Nerdy shows or like you know stuff like that. I'm talking a no shit superhero show.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're right. And, and it, it, that's
0: difficult. Uh, I mean, an Agents of Shield is really just is really kind of on it's the more like a soap opera. Well, there's that, but I mean, so, so is the X Men. Also Ra- true. Ra- Good Ra- point. Ra- I mean, how do Rachel and Miles explain? Uh, Jay and Miles say that our favorite superhero soap opera. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the X Men. No, I mean, I was thinking that they're kind of just like at the 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 edges of what I would call a superhero show because the main up for the most part the main characters are not powered individuals.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Whereas again, like Supergirl, something you know they they do well on something like this on CW. I mean, CW's got four shows, four superhero shows now with DC. They have Flash. They have Arrow. They have Supergirl and they have Legends of Tomorrow which i think oh, is geez. i actually think it's is is underrated but
1: i need to check that out actually um but yeah we we live in an era when we can actually go ahead and find these shows like these shows exist and we can go get them and they're not only making one but they're making a bunch of them and and they're doing well so they're making more and it's cool we live in like the golden age of geekery i swear to god it's fantastic um
0: so, so and yeah would...
1: okay we Honestly, how
0: would you rate this compared to the other Marvel series so far? Like where where would this fall in your order?
1: I would say Daredevil season two, Luke Cage, Daredevil season one, Jessica Jones.
0: So I'm, I'm uh, going to yeah. leave out Jessica Jones because I still haven't finished watching that because I'm fucking awful. That's actually like next on my list to finish.
1: Oh, You should finish. The, the end of it's good. I know.
0: Yeah. I, I know. I know. It, I know it's all really good. It's just one of those like I. Uh. I, I was actually about ready to start Jessica Jones again, like just go ahead and start over again, and it was like, oh, let's go ahead and start. Like, oh wait, Luke Cage comes out not, like tomorrow. I was like, shit, <laughs>
1: that's not so, so work. yeah.
0: So Luke Luke Cage actually punted me from finishing Jessica Jones. No, I would actually Worth say it. I would actually say Daredevil season one, uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil season two as awesome You as really
1: liked the portrayals of both um Matt Murdock and Foggy.
0: Well, as Nelson. as amazing as the Punisher was, the Daredevil story kind of came off the fucking rails in the last like True. 3 True. episodes and again as good as the as Dare, as the Punisher was, you still can't touch Wilson Fisk. You still can't touch
1: I know. Kingpin never ever expected that because i don't actually like what's his face vincent, um
0: vincent d'onofrio
1: yeah i don't I like know, him which as is, an actor which is what and he's just made
0: me happy about that
1: stunning on screen i mean you can't take your eyes off him it's crazy my problem with season and and when i when i rank these they're all within like micro points of each other okay so it's very hard to rank them but um i really like season two because punisher i think is such a beautiful anti. um I said antithesis almost. Antihero. Um. Anti antihero. No, no, no. But I mean, like the yin or the yang to um Daredevil's yin, like th- everything that Matt Murdock believes, and much of which I don't agree with. Punisher is like the perfect opposite to that, and so it felt more balanced out for me. Antithesis um, was the right word. It was the right word. See there, <laughs> I was so smart and I forgot. <laughs>
0: and then you gave um, up on it.
1: I did. I did. Um. But yeah. So so when I say that I'm ranking them, I it's it's very close. It's very hard to do that because they're all really good. Yeah. And Jessica Jones is cool except that Jessica Jones herself makes stupid decisions sometimes, which I know that's the character, but yeah. So yeah, this was a good, it was a good show. I'm super glad. I'm not sure how excited I am for Iron Fist because I know literally nothing about the character and the actor looks a little bit, like I said, like Justin Timberlake from Sync. but... I, I'm, I'll,
0: I'll be honest like my my list of like when they announced what the what the uh the shows were going to be uh Iron Fist was like my number 2.
1: Oh wow, cool.
0: So so I read there is a run by uh Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker. I think Brubaker actually started it and then Fraction finished it with art by David Aja.
1: Mhm.
0: And it is a mind-bending just amazing run. It's like okay. I think there's four trades of it out.
1: Well, I just got uh, an iPad so I can actually download the Marvel Unlimited app so I yeah, can actually it's, it's a,
0: it was It's a, a series called The uh, Immortal Iron Fist.
1: Okay, I will look and that up. It was,
0: it's really, really good. Excellent. As opposed to it was Iron Fist The Living Weapon which is the most recent one which is absolute garbage. Oh dear. But I, I, I'm looking forward to Iron Fist. You know, I mean... We talked about it a little bit. Marvel's not going to win on this one in, in in a lot of respects, but I'm I'm still hopeful for it. So. Cool, awesome. All right, Tracy, what have you been into other than Luke Cage? Because I know you're going to say that, and you're, I'm going to want to you know throw things at my computer screen.
1: I know you always do. That's why I say it all the time. It's awesome. So I be, um, beat you too.
0: It's suck it. Damn
1: it. So I read. Um, I think I may have t- told you guys about reading. Um, Fingersmith, which was a pretty interesting book. Um, the next one that I read was called The Night Circus, and that one was a little bit wonky. It sort—I was reading it, and it was it was fairly well written, but there was something missing from the cohesion of the book. So um, one that I would recommend was maybe like a three and a half Death Stars, or maybe a three Death Stars. Um, pretty decent book, not. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say first on my list. And then, um, Je- Andrew, you just gave me a whole box of books that you got from Phoenix Comic Con, way earlier in the year, and I'm going to be diving into those very soon. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a lot of binging to do on, uh, to finish up Luke Cage in time for this podcast, so I was only able to read a couple books. What about you? Well,
0: uh, let's see. I have. Uh, so last night I watched. Uh, Final Fantasy King's Glave, which oh, nice. I wouldn't call it good. Like it was entertaining. It's it's is that re- on Netflix. Uh, I bought it. I bought it on iTunes.
1: Oh okay. I was gonna say I know I I just put a Final Fantasy um that is on Netflix on my list, so I wasn't sure if that was the one I did, but it might not be.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny because like the user review, the user like ratings is like four and a half stars. rotten Mm -hmm. Rotten tomatoes is 13 percent
1: yeah well because the only people that buy it are the ones that want to watch it in the first place right
0: right and and like i freely admit like it's not good it i didn't enjoy myself it was entertaining to me but it is not quality quality material you know Eh. i'm well i'm super excited for final fantasy 15 which comes out in like a month and a half
1: yep kurt is also very excited about that yeah
0: so I'm looking forward to that. It'll, be, it'll probably be the first like current generation console game I've played in almost a year.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Let's see. On the on the trip to New York, I broke out my PS Vita, so I was playing some Final Fantasy Tactics because I can't stop playing that stupid game.
1: That's awesome! I completely forgot you had a Vita. That's I do. that's amazing.
0: Uh, I also, I, while we were at New York, I picked up a couple of of other books. I picked up a lot of books, especially if you're trying to travel light, which is, you know, dumb of me. It was a bitch getting back, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but one of the ones I picked up was called "The Tetris Effect," the games that the game that hypnotized the world. It was mm-hmm. actually there was a, a gentleman I mentioned who did a panel on Tet on Tetris. Uh, two gentlemen each had a book, so this is the first of those books that I'm reading, and so far it's actually really fascinating. Excellent. And then finally, uh, I have been reading uh, a fair amount of classic Avengers. Because I am going to be launching a, a new solo podcast here, hopefully in the next couple of days. I'm still waiting for uh, iTunes to finish the approval process, but once it's out, we'll certainly make a more formal announcement. But hopefully, it'll be later this week. Uh, a podcast called Some Assembly Required. And basically, I'm going to be going issue by issue through classic events, basically starting in the Silver Age, going all the way through the Avengers, covering all of the Avengers uh title itself plus some tie-in books as they as as they kind of appeal to me really i think is the the deciding factor on that very cool so that will hopefully be going going live here in the next couple of days so that's that's yay for another podcast yeah yay for more work no it's actually been a lot of fun especially getting to go back and 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 read some of these old old books
1: yeah loki's eyes
0: (laughs) there's a there's a lot of screwy things in these (sighs) all right folks if you like what we do make sure you head on over to therefore geek.com you can check out our blog posts and our podcasts you can find us on on facebook on instagram and on twitter and you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on itunes stitcher soundcloud and youtube so once again i'm andrew
1: and i'm tracy
0: and you've been listening to therefore i geek